Hi, today is August 7th. Welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions and anything said in this podcast. Future podcast should not be taken as financial advice. I have stock positions in AMD and NVIDIA. Thank you. Okay, uh, today's episode is going to be a good one. I, I feel it. Um, right now, my parents are just watching TV. Uh, my mom seems okay. She seems pretty stable. And so now I get, you know, like an hour or two uh, before they go to bed so I can talk semi-loud, not like scream like I normally do in my room back in Southern California. Um, but I did a lot of learning. I've, I've listened to uh, newer podcasts on my commute uh, to NorCal or Northern California where I'm visiting my parents. Uh, and I learned a lot, and some of the podcasts that I listened to actually inspired today's episode. And um, yeah, but just before I jump too far, uh, this week uh, played a lot of Nvidia as per usual, um, and also played some AMD, uh, and all of which turned out really great. Semis had a pretty good week despite it being choppy. Uh, Theta Gang style trades, of course, don't really care if it's choppy. A lot of that is. Um, built on discipline and make sure you don't get scared too quickly or you know also the other way of just not getting too greedy and um, creating too much exposure for yourself writing too many puts or um, writing too many calls and this week there was a pretty cool interaction that I had with someone um, on my Twitter and it was on my uh, exclusive Twitter and I mean like I'm definitely putting air quotes around exclusive. Uh, It's just my Twitter where whenever I post a trade on ThetaGang.com, it automatically gets tweeted to this Twitter. And patrons have access to it. And people that use the ThetaGang referral code for Tastyworks also get access to it for a month. Um, But, you know, the friend and uh, slash user of the website slash patron was just asking, like, Junie, why are you, um, you know, doing these types of plays? And the play was a 100 uh, strike cash secure put on AMD. So that was a $10,000 max loss play, and I collected $34 in premium. And so, you know, normally where I would seek to collect $50 uh, for receiving, initially receiving $100 for the play, uh, I collected 34 uh, because it was 30% and I had collected that in one day. So I'll take that winner off the table. But regardless, it was still a win. And, uh, you know, one of the users had mentioned, Junie, you have a 160K portfolio. What are you doing doing these types of plays? It seems pointless. It seems like it's just a blip, etc. And I thought that was a really cool moment. It gave me a chance to reflect and also just get a chance to just like basically enjoy that moment where someone, you know, that might not be aware of, you know, the roots of where I started um, is just asking a genuine question. I would probably ask the same thing, too, if I was uh, either new to Juni style trades or how I particularly trade. Or uh, if I was just skeptical at all, you know, it's okay to ask questions. But you have to remember that when I started Theta Gang Style Trades, I started with $3,000. I wanted to prove uh, if this would, well, prove to me uh, mainly. I wanted to prove to myself, hey, does this actually work? I'm kind of tired of playing earnings and getting got. I'm kind of tired of trying to time the top of the market. I'm trying, or I'm tired of, you know, trying to catch the knife, like all this stuff. So starting from $3,000 and, you know, putting in a weekly auto deposit in and then being very, very disciplined with my trades, I am, I've gotten very lucky and I've gotten, I'm just very thankful for having 160K in my portfolio right now. So for that user to ask that question, I took that in solace and I just I just sat there and I was like, wow, I've come pretty far and it was a good reality check. But here's the flip side. 
I do these smaller type of plays to show that my system works uh, beyond just, you know, me writing these fat, like, 80K NVIDIA plays. Remember back when NVIDIA was trading at $800 before the split? I was writing, like, cash-secured puts on NVIDIA that required 80K in capital. I was, I was writing Shopify puts that required 150K in capital. Um, I was doing all of these plays that required a lot of capital. And after NVIDIA split, I took some time to... You know, think over how I want to trade for the rest of the year, how I want to, uh, you know, help spread or inspire this style of trading. And in that, I've decided that I'm going to occasionally try smaller plays. I'm going to do like AMD. I've always wanted to trade AMD. I've traded AMD before. I've had pretty good success with AMD. And uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense from my portfolio size to just do these random 10k plays um, when I just rather use just double that for Nvidia some stock that I really really genuinely like but starting to dabble in uh, lower max loss trades like trades that are 10k or less is something that I'm willing to do to prove that hey you don't have to bet at all to get up to 160k like me right you can trade slowly you can trade at your own pace you can continue to play house you can continue to make the calculated risks that have probabilities in your favor and eventually get up to 160k if you trade with discipline and if you're patient right i didn't go from a 3k portfolio to a 160k portfolio overnight i've been recording this podcast for let me just check real quick quack <laughs> let me check real quick um i've been recording this podcast for a hundred now 108 episodes straight that's 108 weeks of basically doing the same thing over and over and over and over again so it's not an overnight process and you know the more times you blow up obviously the that much longer it'll take you to get to like this fictional 160k number right because everyone has a different goal I'm not saying that you need to get to 160 to be cool. Like that's definitely not what I'm trying to say. But if you're trying to, if you're looking to build your portfolio, you need to stop blowing up. You need to start realizing that reloading your portfolio is not normal. That you can in fact get to a six digit number in your portfolio without risking it all every time. If you do it slow, if you do it disciplined, you can get there. I am living proof. I'm just a normal person. I don't work at a hedge fund. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't have a finance degree. I just read stuff on Google. Do read stuff on Reddit, and I just watch some YouTube videos. And I just do the same thing every week. And so I hope that you know, as this tangent ends, I hope you continue listening to these podcast episodes, and that you know every episode can be a small reminder. It's like. Yo, if Junie can do it, if an average guy like him can do it, I can too. Okay, on the new ThetaGain.com website updates, uh, we have a pretty like big update on the front page and well, like all the pages where you would see any sort of trade. There is now a comment bubble symbol next to the trade if there is a conversation in that trade. I think that will help people start engaging more in conversation, like maybe some that they didn't exclusively want to look at like and by but what i mean by that because that sounded so so ominous um what i mean by that is sometimes you only look at trades that you're genuinely interested in right like maybe you're really into trading fedex so whenever you see a fedex trade you'll click on it and then if there's a conversation there hey cool you'll go in there and you'll partake in the conversation um this way if you see a comment box 
maybe you just want to partake in some conversation, right? Like maybe you just want to just socialize with other people on the website. Now, instead of just looking at FedEx trades, you just you can also just see these comment bubbles and you're like, oh, you know, maybe there's someone that uh, can tell me a little bit more about this company or, you know, some strategy that they're employing here um, or deploying, employing. <laughs> <laughs> I surprise myself sometimes. Um, and then there's another update uh, in version 2.9.0. Uh, as seen on the top left of the website, the version number. Uh, the website is now a smidget bigger. It, it'll take up more space on your screen. So don't freak out. Like you'll get used to it. It takes my it took my eyes like about like five minutes to get used to like just looking a little bit more over to the left and a little bit more over to the right. But the main reason why this was done is that it helps the uh, resolutions that are smaller. Uh, a lot more so like uh, if you are on a smaller laptop for example or if you're on a tablet it'll make your experience on a tablet and smaller laptop better you will have to do less scrolling you will have to do less of this like left and right scroll can, that can get a little bit tedious and also makes the site look a little wonky um, but yeah that is that that's it so new comment symbol uh, the website it just takes up a little bit more space and uh, we're going to call that a UX upgrade. <laughs> um, more to come later. Uh, what's next is being able to collapse your follower list. Um, and then after that, I believe all the U smaller UX changes are finished. Then big features will start to come out again. Um, I think the next big feature... I'll keep that on the hush for now because I'm not I'm not sure which one I'm going to pick, but the patrons know there's like four choices, um, and I'm I'm pretty sure I know which one I'm going to do, but I'm going to keep it on the hush for now. Okay, um, I mean, just bef right before we get into today's topic, uh, does everyone remember a few episodes ago, or I do honestly, I can't remember, it might have been just the last episode, like the most recent one, I talked about, oh, you know, one day you'll get up to 60k so you can write this Tesla Casicure put for $600 and it's 1% and 1% in like uh, 21 days is super good because average return of annual on SPA is like 7% so you're like a seventh of the way there. Do you guys and girls remember that? So that play worked out. If you had done that play, you're up like 400, 500 bucks and you would probably closed it out for 100 bucks. So that leaves you... You know, with $500 in your pocket, giving $100 back to the broker. Um, these types of trades happen all the time. I'm not taking credit for this one at all. Um, you know, there are tens of plays that I'll see like this um, just on the option chain. Uh, and once you start getting a good gra getting a good grasp on you know, what companies you like to trade and just seeing price supports. Maybe you learn a little bit oogla boogla on like exponential moving averages, maybe a little bit of RSI. You start to really grasp how much premium is worth it to write these types of options and how much money is actually worth tying up to write these types of options. I again, remember I mentioned like, oh, this whole spiel about like, oh, this is 60K, but you need to save up 60K in order to do these things. It would be nice if you could set a goal for yourself to get up to, say, you know, 60K, 70K, 80K, or maybe 25K. Maybe you don't want the day, day trader restriction anymore, right? Like you can go for even a smaller number, but it's when you get up to this certain amount of portfolio size that numbers really start to work in your favor and i hate to say it but the rich do get richer and i'm nowhere near rich They're like the rich rich people can do some really really like cool things and i mean cool is definitely like 
a triggering word to some people, I bet, because they're like, oh, Junie, why are you supporting the 1% oh, Junie? Like, why are you uh, saying that poor people are bad? Oh, Judy, why are you why are you implying that you're rich? Oh, dude. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just trying to talk on my podcast, please. Please. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, premium gets really, really nice. And the probability of profits get really nice when you get up to a certain threshold. I think the 50K, 60K uh, target is pretty good. Because granted, if you have 60K, you could write two NVIDIA cash secured puts. And then you can even have 20K in cash. So in case of NVIDIA dips, you could write another cash secured put to lower your break even. And then write three cover calls at once. Right, The imagination and style of trading becomes almost infinite when you get up to that amount because there's so many cool things you can do with bigger market cap companies that are you know pseudo more stable right i'm not going to say that that it's they're just better overall but they are safer like the larger market cap usually means like more shares more liquidity more volume more people interested in it more price discovery and whatnot but beyond all that i also want to say that me calling out this trade does not make me better than you. It does not make me better than anybody. It does not make me even good, right? Retrospect is 2020. Tesla could have uh, reported something horrible and this could have gone wrong. So I'm not going to sit here and just say like, oh, yeah, look at me. I'm so sick. And uh, uh, look at me. I'm, go- I'm going to post this on Twitter because I called this out on my podcast. And so you should give this podcast a listen if you want more tips on on how to get get the good picks, right? Like, I'm not that type of person. I'm not going to post this on t- on Twitter. But I will talk about it on the podcast because I feel like there's not a lot of people that listen to this podcast. I think I mentioned that before. So... If you're listening to this right now, we're basically homies. Like, there's not that many people that listen to this. Um, just like this last episode, uh, this last episode got 400 listens. So you are one of the 400 people that are potentially listening to this episode. And you know, I don't, I don't, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to make sure that we stay homies. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want you to think like, oh, Junior's gone too cool because he, he thinks because he calls these plays out, he's so sick. No. <laughs> I'm just trying to almost just be inspiring. Like, if you just stick with trading long enough and if you don't blow up long enough, you'll learn and you'll get, you'll get why I picked this. Because, you know, most of you could be new. You could have no idea what I'm talking about right now. But, you know, granted, the more times you blow up, the less time you will have to learn. Because most people, when they blow up, they take like month long, like months long break, breaks, and then they get back into it, reloading their portfolio, which is not a good thing, right? So the more times you blow up your account, the less time you'll have to learn and uh, the less time you'll have to be able to get to this point where you can look at plays like that and then make those type of plays, let alone get up to that portfolio size to make up that um to make plays like that so that's my little spiel i didn't i didn't want to go too much more into this but um yeah it just you see good plays you do them most good plays require a lot of capital or you know a lot being relative there are there are plenty of people that listen to this podcast that have way more than 60k so you know i'm talking to you guys and girls too but if you're way under 60k just know that it's actually achievable it responsibly juni has proved that to you at datagang.com slash juni starting with three thousand dollars and having weekly auto deposits as well as a plus 50 percent year during coronavirus and currently a plus 30 something percent year for 2021 right it can all work just don't blow up okay um so with that out of the way I kind of want to give a brief summary of what kind of like what I want to do uh, with the podcast. Um, I've recorded for 108 weeks straight, and basically it's getting kind of hard to tell uh, what I've already talked about because I go on so many tangents uh, and whatnot, and I feel like I've already covered the basics uh, and a lot of the really important things I've just already talked about. 
So in these next few months, um, I want to start redoing some of the more core episodes and organize them with some sort of, I don't know, like title schema where, you know, newer people, when they start listening to Theta Gang, I could be like, hey, you know, you can listen to the ones before. Absolutely. I do not mind that. But if you want a just a jump start of like how to catch up into options in my current opinion of everything or regarding options, strategies and whatnot, then listen to episodes like 120 to 130 or something like that, right? I want to redo like the credit spread videos or <laughs> credit spread uh, episodes. Uh, I want to redo like the cash secured put uh, episode. I want to redo um, covered calls. Uh, you know, I'm probably going to still use the Apple example because that one's basically a meme at this point. Um, but I want to redo the core episodes. Uh, and while I'm doing the core episodes, I want to also dabble in broader topics in finance. For example, today's episode, we're talking about debt. We are not talking about the debt that uh, like companies take on versus the free cash flow. We're talking about the debt that you take on. And I kind of just want to give my opinion on debt and how I would tackle that um, just in life. Because I've been doing some like digging around in my podcast um, analytics and it's really cool it's seeing i'm seeing like podcast numbers start to go up which kind of means like people are in their cars more often because podcast numbers definitely went down after corona um but now that people are like returning back to the workplace i'm starting to see numbers pick back up uh just like a really quick overview um there's a really cool bell curve that happens so 15 percent of you are 18 to 22 33% it it's like on the dot 15% of you are 18 or 18 to 22 33% of you are 23 to 27 33% of you are 28 to 34 and 15% of you are 35 to 44 so the majority of you 66% are 23 to 34 and then one more time just to you know complete this bell it's 15% on both sides, 18 to 22 and 35 to 44, the, the outliers. Um, and then, you know, in terms of gender, uh, there is a 3% female and 97% male. And I think, I, I guess I could just do the math. That means I have 12 girls listening and 388 dudes listening. I think that's how that would work out in math terms. If there's 400 people listening, basically 424, but you know, I'm, I'm just going to round down. Um, but yeah, this age bracket is a very de like defining year for your financials. The, like, 23 to 27 will dictate how you spend your money in 28 to 34. I don't know how many of you vibe with that, but if you can understand, like, if maybe if you're in the 28 to 34 bracket right now, you might look back and you're like, wow, yeah, I, I spent a lot of money on things that I don't even use anymore. Or, you know, I should have probably looked into IRAs or something, or, you know, maybe I should have paid off my credit card debt more aggressively because I didn't know it, it takes so long paying via minimum payments, etc. So we're going to talk about debt today. That is just my like little synopsis on, you know, where my anal analytics are at. And I feel like I'm in a good place to talk about that because right now, uh, Junie is 28. So I'm in the top 33%. Um, and uh, yeah, let's just get into it. And I guess before we jump into it, sorry, I know, I know this is like a long time uh, for an intro for a topic, but uh, you do whatever you want. I am not your boss. I am, I am not your, you know, I'm not end all be all. I'm just a random stranger that you're listening to, that you're giving the time to listen. So thank you, by the way, I appreciate you listening. But I'm just a random stranger on the internet. Like, take what I say definitely with a grain of salt. Like, you 
you do what you think is best. I don't know your context that you're in. And if it if at any time it sounds like I'm, you know, like generalizing things about you, just understand that I'm not actually talking about you. I'm t- I'm actually forced to generalize as many points as I can so that I can speak to the most of you, right? Like I can't pinpoint like this one specific scenario, but I want to just give examples of how I would approach debt and other things that are similar um, if I were, say, in your shoes. Okay, so I guess brief summary of me and, you know, my relationship with debt. Um, I don't like it. I'm the... (laughs) I'm the type of person to, like, before I go to sleep, I pay off my credit card, right? Like, I just go to, uh, you know, my bank's website, and I'll just pay off my balance for that day. Like, obviously, it takes, you know, a, a day to process, and then maybe another day to actually resolve. But that's the type of person I am. That's the type of person I've always been. My mom has excellent credit. Uh, and you know, when I first got my debit card, uh, I think that was in high school. Um, uh, I, you know, was really responsible, never overdrafted. I deposited very frequently and then going to college, uh, getting my first credit card, I was very, very adamant in making sure I never had a balance. Now this could have spawned some, you know, reactions from you uh definitely depending on what bracket age you're in but some of you might have just said like junie why would you pay off your credit card every day when credit is good for you like building credit is good for you why wouldn't you want to pay off your credit card say more at the end of the month or why wouldn't you want to have a balance on your credit card to prove that oh you can pay it i'm going to tell you right now I have an 800 plus credit score and I've done this my entire life. There is nothing more <laughs> more funny to me than when someone brings up, hey, you should have a balance on your credit card because that way you prove to lenders you can pay off something. Dude, that logic is so backwards. I don't care what blog posts you're about to send me. I don't care... What I don't know what you would rebuttal with, but it is not worth having a balance when you could afford not to, right? Just pay it off. Like you don't need to say like carry a balance to build credit. You're eventually going to reach 800 credit for just you know making your monthly payments on time and your age of your history of credit will continue to go up and you know as long as you don't do anything bad or like over i don't know just pay off your credit card don't fall into the whole scam or whole ideology of um you know making sure you have a balance so that you get good credit i have good credit i have never carried a balance over a month my entire life and i've been I've been having a credit card since I was 22, I think. I'm 28 now. Yeah, granted, I've only had it for like six years, I guess. But just take that into consideration. It's also only taken me six years to get to 800 credit score, right? It's it, this is I'm not some old boomer that's like had, you know, uh, decades worth of credit where I could justify, oh, you know, it's credit history. So... I could tell some people might have just, you know, thought that in their head. I wanted to get that like just squared away. Paying off your credit card early is only a good thing. There's nothing good that comes out of just having a balance. So don't get tricked into thinking that carrying a balance and then paying off that balance is going to help your credit. Because maybe if you have horrible credit right now, there are plans and little tiny doohickey type of like strategies that you can trick the credit card algorithms to boost that. But I'm talking about if you know you're new in college and you're just now about to get a credit card, pay it off. There's no reason to carry a balance. Don't get tricked into carrying a balance because that stuff adds up quick. So I can already kind of tell 
that this is going to be a kind of triggering episode because I'm I'm trying to cram as many points as I can in the fewest amount of words possible. So trust me, like I, I I think I have to remind you one more time, honestly. I don't know your circumstances. If you feel like you at really really need the money, use a credit card. It, like you you do or take out a personal loan. I don't know, but everyone's circumstances are different. But when you can pay off things in full, because the habits that you develop at a younger age of say like 18 to 22 carry on with you to 23 to 27. If your habits through 18 to 22 are non-existent, then when you get your first job out of college at 23 at 20 and 27, you're not going to know how to save. In fact, now you have this surplus of money, you might over leverage, you might take out personal loans to get this next, you know, artificial tier of things that you want to buy to impress people you don't like. And then by 2034, you're going to feel like you're already way too behind. And then you're going to start um, doing, I don't know, some really risky investments to you know catch yourself up. That might not go well. And then boom, you're stuck. So I'm trying to avoid get, having you go through that scenario. And if you're young enough where you're in the 18 to 22 bracket and you're listening to this podcast, dude or girl... It is not worth having debt. Having uh, gone through uh, my life and meeting a lot of different people, I've gone and met people that have had like five-digit credit card debt out of college. And that type of credit card debt is some of the hardest debt you can scrape yourself out of because your first job out of college does not pay much um, and if your account is already at five digits because, you know, you use your credit card during college for a lot of things like eating, drinking, and, you know, textbooks, <laughs> rarely, right? But you build up this, you know, relatively massive debt in college, and when you get out, you're not making that much money, so you're forced to continue to make these minimum payments, and then this debt is taking a long time, and there is going to come a point in your life where, Someone's going to be saying, hey, do you invest into stocks or anything? Do you have a 401k? Do you have an IRA? And this is what you're going to say. You're going to say, no, I have student loans and I have credit card debts to pay off. But when I pay those off, then I'll invest. And that has to be some of the most dangerous positions in your life ever. And I guess the main point that I'm just trying to make is if you go through life and you accumulate debt and you get used to paying like $130 every month, $200 every month, then you'll start developing, it's getting late, uh, you'll start developing a framework around that payment for the rest of your life. When, you know, maybe you decide to not buy a car, but maybe you decide to lease or even like a really cheap car. Then you're going to say, you know, to lease this Honda Civic, oh, it's only $100 more per month. That's barely any part of my paycheck. Uh, and, you know, I'm just going to lease this Honda Civic. Or maybe you decide to not go for the Honda Civic and you decide to, say, buy like a luxury car because it's only uh, $350 more per month for like the next 10 years. And you have plenty of money to cover that monthly payment. Living in debt, to me really sucks i don't like the feeling of owing somebody anything so just to give like an anecdotal example i actually went into debt with uh, a twenty-seven thousand dollar loan um buying my second car i got my first car from my parents but then i upgraded after i got my second job um and you know i was paying like six hundred dollars um to, for the loan every month and I was just thinking like wow you know this is this is easy I can cover this no problem right like I work really hard so I justify buying a nice car because I just I just always wanted a nice car I always saw my friends in college have nice cars and finally after getting like a really nice job with a good salary yeah I, I treated myself to a car but looking back if I had put that $600 every month 
and you know the 200 300 uh car insurance the 900 dollars every month into a trading portfolio wow i would be way better off right now but i'm also very thankful for you know driving a nice car i i received you know a lot of compliments it, it felt good driving it still feels good dri- i still have it um it still feels good driving it um but just looking back if i could do it over again i would just buy a toyota pickup i low-key want a toyota pickup right now like not not like the uh, fancy toyota pickup trucks but there's a very specific uh, truck that toyota made a long time ago it has the big words toyota on the truck bed um or on the little trunk flippy flappy thing (laughs) texans are like wow you're really you're really triggering me you don't know what a pickup truck lid thing (laughs) what is that little handle that makes the truck bed flat what is that called like the trunk (laughs) um but yeah uh it has toyota in big letters it's really old school it costs like what like six thousand dollars for a used one um but yeah i'd rather have one of those and just and because the used car market is so hot and because i paid off my car i'm considering actually just selling my used car um my car that i have right now the audi uh and just buying a toyota pickup and just capturing the difference that i have left before it depreciates to you know the basically the value of a toyota pickup within like uh you know a few years so Take that with a grain of salt. I'm someone that bought a nice car. I it was well within my means, um, but I just kind of value things differently now. I I definitely would rather have money for my hobbies or for investing because I'm just genuinely passionate in that type of stuff. Uh, I'm not so much a car guy though. I do still kind of dream of just owning like a '92 Skyline, right? Like if I ever win the lottery, I'm definitely buying one. But um, Besides all that, uh, yeah, just making sure that you develop healthy habits, uh, even when you're in debt, is important. Because um, quite frankly, if you can't manage your debt and get out, a large lump sum might fix your debt short term. But there's a good chance, especially if you have a big lump sum, you might get into debt again, right? Imagine if you get and uh, you win the lottery maybe you win like the third or second prize right it's not the mega millions um but you win like three hundred thousand dollars and maybe with school debt credit card debt and auto debt you um you have like i don't know 150k in total uh you pay that all off in one fell swoop with the 300k that you won um and you know you have to pay taxes on the 300k that you receive so you had 200k minus the 150k in debt and so you're left with 50k with that 50k in your bank you're debt free you might consider hey i got 50k in the bank i could afford a 300 dollars payment on a new car uh i'm getting kind of tired of this old one um or you know you might consider you know spending lavishly on like designer things they make you happy you know you do you i'm not judging you on that but you see where i'm getting at just because you might someday get lucky in the stock market with one play or you might be fortunate enough to win the lotto or you get a large inheritance and you get out of debt once just because you got out of it once does not mean suddenly you won't get back into it again because you still have those habits and you develop those habits the the best when you are poor (laughs) and i'm talking poor from like a college student standpoint okay and so when you're poor you 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 make things work right like something is too expensive you know you'll do whatever you can to like you know either not purchase it maybe you just can't afford that netflix subscription when you're in college or um maybe instead of going out you have to meal prep right when you are poor when you are in college you develop a lot of the habits that will that you'll carry on to your first job and your first paycheck and that's where things really start to get formative is did you learn about iras did you learn about stocks and all that stuff and i've been in i've been knowledgeable about stocks for 
a good chunk of my life since probably college. And um, while I wasn't as successful as I was back then, I just knew about everything and what my money could have gone to. Um, and so I got a pretty early head start um, because I would save up my money. And um, But don't get me wrong, I also made a lot of stupid purchases. Not so stupid that got me into lots of debt, but I was buying lots of clothes. I was buying, um, you know, really like frivolous things like like what what can i think of um i can't i can't think of anything right now like i might have bought like a laptop when i didn't really need a laptop i might have like um uh you know i i might have gone out to eat too many times but you know this is just me basically saying like you can absolutely buy things to make up uh, to make you happy if, it, if it's a pick-me-up if you like retail therapy and that's what genuinely makes you happy i'm not going to stop you from that you do whatever you want it's just when you are younger just be aware of the things that you might be spending money on and why you're spending money and you know if if it is to make you feel better can you think of other cheaper alternatives that are potentially healthier like working out that can potentially make you uh, feel better instead so that's my little tidbit of just developing good habits when you are younger because suddenly or just sudden money will not make your debt go away completely because there's a very good chance you might get a debt later. And with all that said, uh, I want to give a few tips on you know what I've done in my recent years to help me feel more in control about finance um, and whatnot. The number one most obvious thing is because you're already listening to this podcast, I'm going to lead off with this point. You need to start trading more responsibly. Uh, you know, when you really want to get serious about options, you want to start being on the right side. And I, when I mean right, I mean W R I T E. You want to start writing options, uh, get used to winning so that, you know, when you do win, it's not like a big deal. Right, like for all those option buyers on Wall Street bets, like winning once for like seven thousand dollars is a really big deal because all the other times their two K plays don't work. So that one time they do win, it's a huge deal. Whereas on the other side, you know, if you win more often, maybe you're not winning seven thousand dollars at one time, but you're winning like a couple hundred dollars, and maybe over a course of a few months, then you're up seven thousand dollars, but you never had to risk your shirt to get there. Um, I think that's one of the first points I want to lead off with. Um, second point, track all your expenses. There's apps for this. I'm not sponsored by any of them. I'm not going to name any of them. Um, but what I did personally, and shout out to Mike. Uh, I've shouted out Mike tons of times in all types of episodes. And he's changed my life in more ways than I think he knows. Um, but... He told me, and we were we were up really late with um, my friend Brandon too, and we were just talking about f like finance, and we were at like at some really big pool party, um, uh, like before COVID and stuff, and we got we started talking about stocks, but we kind of started deviating into like personal finance stuff, and he told me he had a spreadsheet of all his expenses um all of his like monthly expenses so he knew the exact dollar amount that went out versus the dollar amount that went in and i came home hungover definitely like chill the day uh but the next day i dug deep into that i went into all my banker um banker platforms i went on an excel sheet i tracked every single recurring subscription I have ever had and I found some that I don't even care about um, I found and listed all of them in greatest or in least to greatest and then I would just start taking things off of things that I didn't necessarily need and that's actually when I canceled my Netflix subscription fun fact about Junie Junie doesn't watch shows uh, Junie watches YouTube Junie watches like really like weird true crime stuff on youtube so junie doesn't like uh like netflix and stuff i mean if the girlfriend's watching it like that's cool we'll watch it together but like 
aside from that i'm not a big show watcher i'm not a big movie watcher so just canceling that subscription um and then like modifying some subscriptions is good too for example i had like a like one of the more expensive spotify plans uh and then i downgraded because i'm just one user um and there was like other other things like um this was before theta gang so i didn't have any of my theta gang expenses um but i definitely had other project subscription stuff so like data like other other you know when i talk about the 13 projects that failed um yeah i would have expenses for those like failed projects that i was still paying database costs on um and so i turned those off it was just really liberating taking time to list out all my expenses and then just like kind of grooming through which ones i liked and which ones i didn't like um that said that enabled me uh to forecast how much i'm able to auto deposit so this is so huge right because i know how much money is being taken out of my um account every month you know roughly because there are some numbers like food and um uh i i don't know utilities like things that you can't quite get to the cent on or like the exact dollar amount on um, but you're able to forecast how much money you can just automatically put into another area. And so that's when I had the Tasty Works account and that's when the auto deposits start, right? And take and a lot of this like very robotic, very, um, very formulated projection of, you know, money moving in, you know, my ecosystem. This is how it all became into fruition is just because of this one spreadsheet. And I hope that this little tidbit can help you feel more in control of your money and how much more you can save. Because it's way easier to save money when it's automatic. When you don't have to go in and take money and put it into a more responsible place, it's better. Because every time you go in there, there's a chance you might say, oh, you know what? Uh, I'm not gonna move my money into Tastyworks uh, this month. I'll just move double the amount next month. And then sometimes this month you buy something frivolous and then you don't actually have money to do double next month and you end up just skipping this one. Or you might not even have money to deposit next month into Tastyworks. And so you then say, you know what, next month I'll put into, I'll put three payment or three auto deposits into Tastyworks instead. So that has to be one of the best things you can do. Now, here is something that I've learned from this this third point is the side hustle show his name is nick i don't remember his last name but it he also does a podcast every week and uh i'm just gonna put a self note here dude nick if you ever listen to this huge fan i found you um trying to um basically find out how i could take the game full time and whatnot and your podcast is just phenomenal your your speaking style your interview style spot on and i hope to be on your show one day uh and yeah you should everyone listening to this podcast absolutely should check out the side hustle show um it's just really motivating he brings on tons of different people and he he just sounds super nice like his interview style very clean and i'm definitely learning a lot just listening to him uh, talk with other uh guests um but he gave this little cool tidbit that I, I related back to finance or that he related back to finance. It, and he said, with this expenses sheet, because obviously this expenses sheet is not um, unique to Mike. Mike got this idea probably from somewhere else. But he also uh, was an advocate, um, Nick, the host of Side Hustle Show, he was also an advocate of uh, you know having your expenses on a sheet he would do a the same thing order it from least to greatest uh the monthly expenses and he said one very specific point he would he had a dollar shave club subscription that was like a few bucks he probably had like a premium package because dollar shave club yes the cheapest one is 99 cents but there's like a more expensive one it's like i don't know like three something two something what he did (laughs) it was just it was kind of funny and i don't really I don't really advocate for this because I think there's more optimal ways that you can receive a premium. But he would buy stock 
that had a dividend and he would buy enough stock to receive just enough dividend to cover that dollar shave cup subscription so then he technically gets the dollar shave subscription for free like i think just that framework in general is really cool because you really get to feel your money start compounding especially when you start paying your netflix subscription for free right that's that's a little bit more um expensive um and that would be just a cool feeling a cool uh backbone to your trading because imagine if you start buying stocks with dividends to support your monthly expenses and then now suddenly you can't afford to blow up your account because if you blow up your account then you have to start paying for the monthly subscription again and then that can just be the tipping point where you start trading responsibly everyone has a moment in their trading career i think that really just tilts them onto the responsible side my tipping point was that comment on reddit i heard <laughs> imagine an ally savings account doing better than you uh, and then i built theta gang and then i deposited three thousand dollars into tasterworks and put all our deposits in there and now i'm at 160k uh got proof of all that at datagang.com slash judy <laughs> what a ride what a ride like this has all been like theta gang has grown up so much and now just even like considering taking it full time is like a really it's a really big blessing and that i'm thankful for um but yeah it it's just it's just been a trip i hope i hope that you know whatever stage you are in uh if you have debt uh if you don't have debt that you took you know my words here today you know somewhat lightly right i don't want to make it sound like um what i'm saying is the end all be all of you know <laughs> debt and refinancing because there's definitely other ways um to get out of debt i didn't touch on that subject as much as staying out of debt um but if you are currently in debt uh you know it, and it feels crippling you need to do something about it today it won't go away tomorrow but if you start today it there's an eventual end to it if you just let it sit there and you continue making the minimal deposits because you'll just get to it like next month or you'll start reevaluating next paycheck it's going to be tough to actually just get in there and start going so and remember only 400 people listen to this podcast so of the 400 people that's like a small handful and if you're comparing that to the internet so homie to homie me to you juni to you do something about that debt today and if you're not in debt if you are fortunate enough to just have a job or you're you know you've been responsible with money all your life congratulations like you have already passed one of the biggest hurdles in life and that's just not getting into debt in the first place because that stuff is heavy right i i just had a car payment that i was okay with paying and i felt i felt like i was being tied down right i don't i can't imagine what's like sorry i just burped <laughs> i can't imagine what it's like to have a crippling amount that actually makes you sad to think about so i think that's it so uh instead of making monthly deposits to depreciating assets um you know maybe consider taking on a lesser loan buying some lesser item or not buying the item at all in lieu of you know, making better financial decisions that can compound for the rest of your life. One last note, I purposely did not talk about mortgage or mortgages in this statement because that's just a fact of life as, as far as standards go right now. If you want a house, if you're blessed enough to just pay a house in cash, you're considered very, very lucky and you should be very, very grateful. Um, I am not in a position to do that, so I will more than likely, uh, you know, take out a mortgage to buy a house. Uh, but that is something that I'm going to have to be okay with if I want to raise kids in a house because I can't wait forever, right? Um, and, uh, you know, as, as a, <laughs> you know, I guess <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. If my future daughters and or possibly sons is listening to this right now, 
daddy loves you and daddy will always love you <laughs> it's so it, it's just so crazy i'm just not thinking about that right now like there's a good chance that one day my children will can possibly hear this even like when i when i've already passed that's that's crazy i'm leaving like a legacy that they can listen to if they ever like missing and stuff that's nuts <laughs> oh man i bet kids are awesome <laughs> Oh, I'm getting all giddy now. Okay, I'll see everybody in the outro. Okay, uh, you can follow me on Twitch at Real Theta Gang, where I stream at 6 p.m. Pacific Time uh, on Tuesdays. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Real Theta Gang. You can email me at juni at thetagang.com. Theta Gang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks, and signing up with the Theta Gang referral code is a huge help. You can email me at juni at thetagang.com if you need help getting set up with the perks. The perks include a one month subscription to my Twitter alerts, and you get a cherry emoji flare on the website. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to my patrons here. That's Pocket Change, Andrew EC Kim, Mike D, Slow Motion, JZM, Malop, Johnny B. Good, Empty Cans, Mods, X Galaxy, Royal, Mitch Brady 7, Craig Thomas, G.J. Wilson, Statistically Random, Tom Thomas, Mr. Integrity, Trevi, Island Bell, Wheaton, Na, Cheese, Maltman, 1856, Trivanis, NNN, M. Hayden, uh, Little, Mr. Sneezy, Metal Dunham, Grandpa 95, Gorlami, Tsunami, uh, Leo Jetson, Fancy Wolf, Maestro XC, Nate the River, Descendant, Wolkai, Norfus Beery, Ch Batrader, Chicken Dinner, Slava Litvin, Ivan Yerkanov, Red Green Blue, Descentia, Arfman's Lord Skeletor, The Laser Reserve, It's Just Your Speaking Boy, Kaput, Rest of Your Shifty, AG, and Ansys88. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Um, so, fun fact, I guess now that we're in the 1% section, this isn't actually the 1% section anymore. It's kind of crazy, but now there are 38% of people uh, completing the podcast instead of the 1% of people going to completion. So either people learn to just keep it on um, just by out of habit. Maybe they just have it playing in the background somewhere while they're working on planes or doing woodworking stuff and they listen to the 1% gang by accident. Or, um, you know, just more people are interested in it and the people are staying towards the end. So I thank you all. We're now 38% gang instead of 1% gang. So that's like pretty huge growth. <laughs> but mind you, there's only like 400, 500 people listening uh, per podcast episode. So it's not a huge amount of people. Um, real quick announcement that I want to make in this section of the podcast. I'll probably announce it during the main show on one of the future podcasts but that there's now an annual plan for the patron for the for basically the theta gang subscription um and so instead of uh you know staying in patreon um for however long you can now pay for uh five hundred dollars a one-year subscription to theta gang that comes with a free month and that uh, ends up totaling to around like $37 per month. So if you're in the 40, 50, 60, 80, or $100 tier, you're, you're more or less like in air quotes right here, uh, you're more or less incentivized to, to just pay the annual subscription. Um, this was basically in place so that the people that are like super active, that really enjoyed participating, contributing to the discord, um, don't have to pay like the higher rates. I wanted to like help out from my side in order to, um, you know, uh, make paying for a data game just like a little bit easier. Um, also, this is a offer to ex patrons too. So normally what's going to happen is you can only pay for the annual plan uh, if you've already been a, uh, patron for a month and then you will apply uh for the annual subscription um but if you've already been in the discord uh just 
feel free to email me at junior80game.com and I'll just send you an invoice for this annual plan um, for 500 um, for your 13 months uh, and then we'll just go from there. Um, but otherwise, if you're listening to this, if you've never been in the Discord, uh, your first path to getting this annual rate is just signing up on Patreon, uh, paying for a month, getting to know the Discord, finding out whether or not you like it enough to like pay for a full month and or f- for a full year and then just going from there um what other announcements not so much of announcements just like interests um i kind of want to get into like mentoring like code mentoring but also like kind of like life mentoring too uh i think there's a lot of things that I've learned in the tech world and how to navigate the tech world that I can give advice to really excel, like whatever wherever you are in your career, um, as long as you're like not a VP of engineering, I guess, because that's like where I'm headed next. As long as I stay at my nine to five and stuff. But if you're if you're a senior looking for a higher salary, I can definitely help you there, if, especially if you work at a startup. Um, if you are a junior looking for a job, I have the action plan for you to do. Um, and if you're, I don't know, if, I don't know if you have relationship stuff. I feel like I'm pretty keen on just emotional awareness and just making the right decisions there. <laughs> um, and then like if you want to say get into a new hobby, maybe you're like depressed or something, and you want to just you know, find some action plan on how to just pick up a new hobby. Cause you know me, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm depressed, but there are times where I get really sad and to fill that void, I pick up new hobbies. Um, so while I can't relate to you in depression or maybe I can, and maybe I'm just like not admitting it. <laughs> um, I feel like I can empathize with you that I can help you out. Uh, and some of you might be saying, oh, well, Judy, why, if, uh, if, if you're pretending to be such a good person, why are you charging money? It's because I think if I can pick up enough of these side things, going full time with everything, like quitting my nine to five is the, is a real possibility. But right now it doesn't seem like I'm quite there enough to do it quite comfortably enough where I can, you know, maybe I don't want like a really nice house, um, but you know, I would like a house in my future to raise kids in. Um, but yeah, just doing it all on my own accord would be really cool. Doesn't need to happen. Again, this life coaching thing is just a thought. Um, but also like code mentoring, like how many times have you started a project and you stopped doing it? Um, I was thinking that it'd be cool if, you know, for, I don't know, some, some compensation, I can be invited to your repo and I can see you make pull requests and I'll like, like not necessarily review your pull requests, but like, I'll look at it. I guess by that definition, yeah, I'll review your pull requests. Um, you will approve, you will approve it yourself. You'll merge it in yourself and whatnot, but I can give input into like, why are you implementing this right now? And why have you considered this other feature that might be more important? Um, why are you styling this right now when you still have this to do? Um, maybe, you know, why are you choosing this database over this database? Why are you using this cloud provider versus this other cloud provider? Uh, and that could give you like a little bit of insight into like how Theta Game is built. And if you wanted to, uh, you know, have like just one-on-one with someone that's proven to you that they know how to design and build a full-fledged platform like Theta Game. Um, I can, you know, guide you and mentor you in creating this project. There's obviously tons of tutorials on YouTube that are free. There's tons of, you know, very cheap Udemy websites uh, or not Udemy website, Udemy courses that you can take that teaches you how to build websites, but none of which would have like 
one-on-one coaching, right? Like I would meet up with you over like Google Meet or Zoom and then we'll talk over and review your PR and, you know, come up with a plan on, you know, what you should build first. And I think that part would be the most exciting to me is like helping someone, you know, build something that they're as passionate about as I'm passionate about Theta Gang. I think being a part of something like that and helping people get to that framework of life where, you know, you have a nine to five, you have many hobbies, but you have this one thing that you're iteratively building at all times that can potentially just be the one thing that can help your life just pivot. I think that's just super awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, if you're interested in any of the things I've, I just listed that includes the annual plan, life coaching, code mentoring, like shoot me an email at juniathedagang.com. Like you can also give feedback into those ideas. Like be, be like, Junie, it'd be cool if you did, I'm not interested in it, but it'd be cool if you did this or, you know, Junie, I'm, I am interested in this, but I'm looking for this, all that input. I would appreciate like a ton. Um, other than that, yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. Um, my account is at all time high, uh, and I'm just continually doing like the same thing over and over again. Uh, it's just weird, man. Like you're gonna meet people in your life that tell you to stop doing what you're doing. The thing that you're doing is dumb. The thing that you're doing is pointless. The things you aren't doing are more important than things you are doing. And I'm just a living, breathing example of someone that just puts their heads, (laughs) heads, puts their head down and just codes the way that I want to code and build something with a vision to you know their vision like it's possible you don't need to listen to people when they try to put you down some of it can and or is true right like the things that people might say bad things about you there could be some truth in it it doesn't come out of nowhere but it's up to you to take in like what you want to take in and how you want to reflect on it. If someone just blatantly calls you dumb, like I don't think you should give it much more thought than what, how much thought they, they put into that. But if someone says, yo, I think you talk too much, then, <laughs> then yeah, I could reflect on that. I could be like, yeah, I think my episodes, I do talk too much, but I reflected on it. It's also what makes my podcast different. It's not, some you know word for word scripted content that is only like you know 20 minutes long i'm a normal person i'm an average guy i do this on the weekend when i'm visiting my parents in my room and i'm 28 just talking about myself at 10 37 p.m uh into a mic it's very therapeutic, right? Like this, this 1% or 38% now, um, section is some of the best chances where I get to really sit down and reflect because I know at the end of the day, anything I say into this mic isn't going to be heard by a ton of people, but it's heard by people that care. And I think that means a lot to me. So thank you for those that do listen to this far, especially to those that listen to this far with intent, <laughs> right? Like not the ones that just like, <laughs> not the ones that just like let it play. But though I do care about you guys and girls too. Um, it is a blessing uh, to be able to speak to people that care about what I have to say. And I'm very thankful for that. I'll see everybody next week.